Hello and welcome to Mindful Warrior Radio. Mindful Warrior Radio is a space we created to share brave stories, authentic insight, and real knowledge. I am Cami Craig, a former elite athlete, Olympic champion, turned performance and culture design coach at Mindful Warrior, and I'm your host of Mindful Warrior Radio. Our guest today is Ashley Johnson. She's considered one of the best goalkeepers in the world and helped lead the women's U.S. water polo team to a gold medal at the 2020 and 2016 Olympic Games. She is the all-time career saves leader at Princeton University. And in 2016, Ashley became the first African-American woman to make a U.S. Olympic women's water polo team. Ashley is active in and supports Learn to Swim and water polo programs in her hometown of Miami. I want to give a warm welcome to my dear friend, teammate, and today's guest, Ashley Johnson, as we explore and learn more about her experience of building safety and home throughout her Olympic journey, her dedication to being a challenger and representative in women's sports, and how she continues to persevere and grow through challenges. Welcome, Ashley Johnson, uh, longtime teammate, friend, sister, <laughs> all of those things uh, to Mindful Warrior Radio. Um, I'm glad to have you on. Thank you for having me, Cami, yes. sister, longtime friend, <laughs> um, teammate. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> teammate encompasses all of those things. Right. I, it's interesting. I was talking to my buddy who played in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers. And I said, Hey, Brandon, I was like, I'm curious, like when you're hanging out with a teammate versus a friend, you always identify them as a teammate and not say like, Oh, I'm hanging out with my friend. He goes, always identify them as a teammate. I said, well, why? Yeah. Like, tell me why you always identify them as a teammate. And he said, um, just because we've gone through these experiences together and there's like kind of a deeper connection due to the environment of training, the environment of traveling, the environment of being pushed to your max. And there's a difference between yeah. a teammate and a friend. I'm like, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. There is a huge difference between a teammate and a friend. And you've been a big part of teaching me that but also all of my experiences, like I literally had my sister, Chelsea, who's your sister by association now, but yes. my sister on a team in most of the teams that I've been on and the connection between us, between all of my teammates, like when it gets to that level, it, it just remains there for the rest of our lives. And I think that's something that's really special that we constantly talk about, but yes. that we each share with a, a few special group of women in the world. And that's something that's super cool. You never lose that. Absolutely. And I think it's just the foundation's awesome because you can just pick up right where you left off. I mean, we go, we go months, you know, at times without talking to each other. And then it's like, we just drop right back in of where we started. So um, pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> we're lucky. Like we're sentence. Lucky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So fun. Well, I want to start. Can you share a brief introduction about who you are and how how you're here today? Yeah. So my name is Ashley Johnson. You already know that. You know that, Cami. 
And I'm from Miami, Florida. I'm water polo goalkeeper. I actually, um, my first Olympics was with Cami. We competed in the Rio Olympics together. I went to high school in Miami, college in Princeton, New Jersey, at Princeton University, went on to join the national team in 2014, and made the decision to defer my junior year to um, compete and train to make that national team, to make that Olympic team. Um, And then in 2017, I took a break from our sport, um, decided to explore maybe what was next for me, how I might transition from sport to whatever was next. I studied psychology, interested in marketing, and made the decision to return to to the team late in 2017, early 2018, because I just really missed that team environment. I missed being a part of a group of strong women, all striving towards the same thing, all wanting the same thing, willing to push themselves to get there and push each other and challenge each other. And um, it's just been a series of decisions leading me back to this team throughout my life, which is really cool and a realization that I've had recently. And Cami knows when I first came to the team, I was like, yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to make it here. I'm definitely not staying in California. (laughs) Like this isn't my home. These aren't my friends. And um, I've done a lot of growing since then. And uh, I've had a lot of realizations about the people who make up the team and what it means to be here and how much bigger life is than just you, just your team, just the little world that you're a part of. And having experienced that, having experienced that is something that I don't take for granted now and that I try to open up pathways to. So I view myself as someone who's trying to change our sport for the better and being the first black woman to compete on the Olympic level within this sport is a big part of that, but it took me a while to understand why that mattered and where I fit in, in that context. So it's just been a long journey. And I recently decided that I'm going to go for Paris 2024. Yeah. I had to keep a little bit of spice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something to surprise you. So, yeah. I made the decision and I'm excited to push for that. Uh, so, so cool, Ashley. And thank you for that download. Um, I think we'll definitely get to, to talking about your, your growth in as an individual, as a teammate and on a team and your role in that um, and how you, you know, began to learn who you are in the contents of, of the women's U S water polo team um, and, and what you were bringing to it and who you were outside of that as well. So I'm excited to kind of ask you questions around that. I think, you know, one thing I wanted to lift up, especially with you, this is a conversation we've had before, but in regards to introductions um, it's funny, I've been on quite a few like panels lately, different podcasts. And I'm constantly thinking about like, these introductions are almost like our own little personal elevator pitches. And we get in these like rhythms, right? These rhythms of like labeling ourselves of who we are in the world. Like, hi, my name is Cammie Craig. I'm a two-time gold medalist, silver medalist, three-time Olympian. And 
right? Like you gave us a really great introduction and you're so much more than that. Like this is only one lane in your life that you, that you spoke about and what, and how you introduced yourself. And so, you know, I think I'm always being creative about how to kind of break that mold and in people saying like, who are you? What do you do? And I'm like, you know, I am human, but like, what does it matter? (laughs) You know? And so I want to give you just a little bit of space to, um, talk about like introduce who Ashley Johnson is and maybe just a little bit of color around who you are as a whole because you are all those wonderful things that you said and there's a little bit more there and so I just want to give you that space in the exercise to break the mold of our elevator pitches and labeling and boxing ourselves and in our introductions of you know what comes up for you when I when I ask that well Actually, when you say elevator pitch, that whole time I was thinking, okay, make this concise. And then I was like, okay, it's a little bit too long, you know, come on, get to the meat of it. So yeah, in those introductions and the elevator pitch, we're trying to put forth our best self. We're trying to present the most relevant information, but it's like, who's to decide what's relevant? There's so many dimensions to all of us, but especially us who get pigeonholed into a box of athlete, a box mm-hmm. of um, business person, you know, a box of CEO, like there's just so much to all of us. And going off of that to answer your question, one of my biggest identifiers for myself is that I'm one of five. You know, I grew up in a big family yeah. and that speaks to how I operate in the world. It speaks to how I operate within a team. It speaks to how I uh, view my people, how I create these spaces of safety for myself and for others. So I'm the middle of five and I've gone through a lot of my career being side by side with my sister. So that's a big part of um, how I approach life and how I have approached life. Um, What else? What else? Uh, Right now, as someone who's in a position to innovate in our sport, I take that very seriously and I want to represent, you know, I am a representative Mm -hmm. and I try to lead. I try to change narratives, not just for people of color, but for women. Like I am a woman and within sport, that means a lot. That means so many things that aren't obvious. It's the way I play. It's the way that I approach the game. It's Mm -hmm. the way that I'm viewed in a media sense. It's the way that I'm marketed. It's the way that I interact. It's, you know, in the context of sport, that means a lot in the context of where I want to go in business and how I view myself and my teammates. That Mm -hmm. means a lot because there is an existing narrative for all of this. And I see so much potential for change in all of those stories that we tell each other, tell ourselves, tell each other, Mm -hmm. and that others tell about us. So I'm constantly challenging. I'm I'm also a challenger. I challenge myself and my teammates to rethink their image of themselves, others to rethink their image of us. And I'm really excited about that kind of work. I'm really excited about the potential of all of these things, because I feel like there have been a lot of limits Mm -hmm. placed on women, placed on people of color, placed on um, those labels within sport. And working to change those things for myself inspires me to continue to change 
those things for others because it just seems so like intuitive that the next step is to impact those outside of yourself if you know the way. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, Ashley, thanks for sharing that. I think I want to lift up for you is the last thing you said, if you know the way, and I know that you are finding your way and you're constantly evolving and you're, you're thoughtful and aware of every situation and experience that you come across, especially through the lens of race and gender uh, and the change that you want to make in both of those spaces. Um, and you're, you're incredible representative. And again, I think the way in which you look at things um, and the way in which you're thoughtful around that, I mean, your perspective can be really pulled back to see the wide picture and then you can get focus and, and really think about how you want to make moves forward. And again, I just want to lift up and give space to like, you're finding your way and that's courageous and it's incredibly brave uh, to be a representative as you're experiencing it. And as you are taking the things that are felt and putting them into action. Um, and I think, you know, as your teammate, I'm constantly here to support you through that journey. Right. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's what, that's what it means to be a representative. That's what it means to help impact change is, is to learn as you go. Um, and it, it's been a privilege to see where you've come and, and it's exciting to think about what's to come um, as you only get more kind of aware and comfortable in, in some of these spaces to impact change. It's pretty awesome. Thanks, Cammie. And I'll just, uh, I'll just point to the fact that you're a big part of all of that for all of us because you like I said, I've said in multiple interviews, you teach people how to create home and you create home within teams. And I think that kind of safety is the bedrock and the foundation for people to grow and for environments that are safe and environments that are growing to be like, it. this is where people thrive, you know? And it takes a bunch of people who can create environments like that and people who are willing to buy in mm-hmm. to to make something like our team like and i i'm inspired by the way that you create team to continue to create those teams for myself and for others in my life it's it's just not easy and it takes a particular uh, person to be able to do that i'm just like always <laughs> loud and it's cool to see like each of our teammates have something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that every person has something like that. People always ask me, like, what advice would I give to younger me or to someone in our sport who's looking to come and be where we are, a young person? And I'm like, I would give a lot of advice to future me and that's <laughs> to never stop learning, you know, continue to be yes. open, continue to look for the leadership, continue to look for that mentorship that has guided you to this point because no one does it alone. And it's the same on the younger side. I'm like, look to people, find examples for what you want to do. Even if what you want to do doesn't exist yet, there's someone who's digging that pathway right now, you know, look to them because there are lessons in there. There's things that you can learn from that. And you're the person who I watched dig the pathway to create family and home in our team. And 
it's just really cool what you add to our team environment, but what each of us adds to our team environment and what makes it so strong. And that's with every team that I've been a part of, there's a little bit something special in everyone and they're all necessary for the group to succeed. Really well said. And thank you. Thank you for just lifting up that, that role on the team. I want it, you, you said it really clearly is that it is not easy to build a team and here you you've been a part of many teams in your life your family being one of them right one of one of five but you've been a part of many teams in your life whether it was at um Princeton or with the national team high school I you know like you're you're an athlete so you've been a part of a lot of teams um and here you have been a part of two Olympic quads in building you know a high trust high performing team um and it's not it is no small task to get to the top of the podium and you're working with 13 individuals and through the process, even more than 13. And um, I just, I, I want to ask you, you know, what you have a role in building that team and you're a part of that team being built. Right. And so I'm curious and want to ask you like, what sticks out to you? What's important to you in that team building process? Um, you know, what have been some challenges? Um, I'm sure there's probably some thoughts that are bubbling to top of mind for you right now when you think about what it takes to actually be a part and build a team that makes it to the top of the podium. Yeah, I think that that's a really good question. And it's one that's really hard to answer because I don't think that there is one winning formula. I do think that the individuals within the environment kind of create their own formula. But I do recognize that there are some common pieces. I think that trust is a big one. Trust in your leadership and uh, knowing that they have your best interests, the team's best interests, and also recognize the strengths and weaknesses of each individual. I think that awareness is a big piece, that self-awareness, like understanding what your role is on the team, um, understanding where you have more to give, where maybe you can give less, where like being able to recognize your own strengths and weaknesses, as well as the strengths and weaknesses of your teammates, your coaches, just general awareness of the environment and how the unique formula that you you all have created is going to take you to your goal. Recognition of what the goal is and waiting um, each step along that journey in its proper weight, like being able to understand what this tournament means in the grand scheme of things, what this practice means, how your effort here might translate in another arena. Mm-hmm. And that goes for in the water, that goes for on the field, that goes for in the weight room, but it also goes for in relationships. Mm-hmm. So being able to, the last thing that I'm going to list that might be a big part of this, actually two more things. <sighs> I think that leadership matters. <laughs> Leading as a um, like an appointed leader of the team, but also leading as someone who has a leadership role and who people look to for leadership, because those aren't always the same thing. And then um, recognition. What was the last thing? Because you know I don't do well with lists. (laughs) The last thing is... um, 
Well, no, maybe I lost it. But that's okay. I maybe it'll come back to you. I think what you're highlighting here is like trust within the whole system, right? Leadership and and clarity of shared consciousness of you know what is the end goal and how are we going to approach it. And then the last thing was just self-awareness and awareness of others Um, and, you know, tapping into like, what are my strengths? What are my challenges? What are my teammates' strengths and challenges all the way up into the coaching staff? Because inevitably, you guys are all kind of working as like a node and networks. It's like you guys are all individuals, but you're connecting and working in this full system. And that's that's got to go from the, you know, head coach, top leadership all the way down to even the girls who are contributing in those last months who may not have made the squad, but are there and still part of the system and preparation. Yeah. And I just remember the last thing, those things, those three are all very important, but I think that they don't go as far as they could without Mm buy-in and that kind of ties to trust, but just buying into your role, buying into the team's narrative. And every team has a story. Every team has a path. And a lot of people don't realize, but that comes from the story that you tell yourself and that you tell within the team, but that your coach and the leadership of the team kind of writes and then finds how everyone fits into those pieces or builds the story around the pieces. So if everyone's functioning within the system and understanding the story and moving, it's all tied together, but you have to buy in. You have to really believe that you're an essential part of this Mm -hmm. and um, that every person there is an essential part of this and trust that someone knows, have the self-awareness to contribute in the ways that you're needed and pull back in the ways that you're not, or be able to step into a position when you are needed, answer that call. But yeah, it's a combination of so many things. And I've definitely missed out on a lot of things that I could have said that create a winning formula. But I think those four are really key pieces. Absolutely. And I think, you know, just even this last point of buy-in and commitment, um, I I can't, I mean, training for three Olympic games um, and one of them alongside of you, it's if you don't have buy-in or commitment to it, the process of training for an Olympic games asks of so much of you in so many ways, like the way in which you're pushed and elevated, um, you know, you're going to need that commitment. You're going to need that buy-in. It's like, if you don't have buy-in and commitment, I'm, I'm going to say you probably aren't going to survive. Um, it will, it'll affect how you train. It'll affect how you make relationships. It'll affect how you compete. Um, buy-in is incredibly important and it's almost, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but for me, it almost feels like a survival piece, um, in the process. Like you can't go one in one foot in one foot out when you're, training in the way in which we are. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Any thoughts around that? No, I agree. I completely agree. And I, it always takes me back to an image in my mind where we were like, you were like, all right, get in. We're going to home goods. You know, we're going to decorate this room. We're going to make this home for you. 
because you're going to need somewhere to come back to after these really intense trainings that feel like home. Yeah. You know, and I was half in, half out. And that was kind of like one of those click moments where once my room felt like somewhere I could be and be safe and be good, I was like, okay, now I don't, I'm not like shivering in my room (laughs) waiting to go to practice because you need both. You need that balance. And we're lucky that our, a lot of us are lucky that our sport is based, like our home base is in California. So we can train close to a lot of people's homes. So they have the support of their family maybe a drive away, maybe like a few hours away. And um, they don't have to build home for themselves that comes with it. And that's another piece that makes it, that makes buy-in both easy and difficult because you want that balance. You want somewhere that you feel safe going to, but you you can leave mm-hmm. to go to your work and contribute to this environment that you're working towards something super big. Um, but you also want somewhere where that you can unwind and separate yep. from the environment. So yeah, I think home is a big piece and uh, being able to create that for yourself. That might be a home, that might be a coffee shop, that might be a combination mm-hmm. of different things, but you need to have that balance that allows you to buy in fully and commit to training hard, commit to those relationships and commit to the four-year cycle of um, being a part of this team. And yep. I think that goes for any team. Yeah. If you're yep. working to something that isn't your personal goal, you have to make it your personal goal and understand. I mean, it is your personal goal, but sometimes at, in age group, I'm sure a lot of these kids can relate to your coach taking it much more seriously than you do. And you're like, I just want to play in the pool and have fun. <laughs> we can win this game or lose it. But like you trust your coach, you trust what your team is doing and you're, you buy in. So you're like, yeah, I'm going to, we want to win this game. <laughs> this oh. means the world. <laughs> this is the biggest game ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think uh, one thing that kind of stands out in regards to, I'm hearing like, you know, practices are intense and you need a place to come in for a landing and rest and recover where you can feel safe and put those kind of guards down, or I would even say armor. Like you almost need an armor to gear up for the intensity and volume of training that we do. Um, And I think, you know, on Mindful Warrior Radio, I think it's, I like to lift up like in your process, you know, what feels like it's important to be in kind of like your warrior-ness where you are like, where you're a warrior, like when you have to like grit, you've got to grind, you've got to hustle. And what parts are you more mindful? Um, and, you know, I think about you saying like just coming in for a landing and and just like, like having a place to rest could be feeding that mindful, mindfulness or mindful part of you. Um, and, you know, what are, do you feel like you've had, like, did both of those exist for you? Did those feel like they were balanced? How did you show up as a warrior and how did you show up in mindfulness in your process and what comes up for you around that? Yeah, I think that a big part of that for me was definitely home, like having somewhere that felt like home and felt safe. And 
it was also finding that in my teammates, mm-hmm. like recognizing where everyone was coming from, everyone's why, like why they were there, what throughout their journey brought them to this point and taking the time to understand that and also recognizing that not every background is the same, but every background matters, especially in an environment like this where you need to recognize um, someone's joy in the sport, someone's like grit in the sport, like all of these things. And it all comes together to create a full picture. Like it took me uh, finding home in all of those things for me to get in that, like, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do it together. And we're, we're in it for a fight, you know, and we're going to fight hard. I'm going to fight my hardest for you Mm -hmm. and you're going to do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And in the recognition, in taking the time that someone comes from somewhere, someone like has this motivation and that they recognize my motivation and where I'm from as well. There's a lot of that home in there for me. There's a lot of that. um, That's a lot of inspiration for me to work and for me to be at practice every day next to these people twice a day, six hours a day, um, five, five times a week. It's it's five or six times a week. It's a lot. Yeah. um, Yeah. You really have to break down past who people are as a player past who you are as a player, because you're always aware, you know, you're always aware of exactly where you stand, where your, your mindset is in relation to the team, but you have to take the time to understand where your teammates stand, where your coach stands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even and just, that it goes past the Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry. Go. Yeah. And I think I, what's cool is you, you bring up like understanding someone's why and you yourself as an individual needing the why to come from close to your heart because you can't be doing it for somebody else's why. And I think that's something that I'm constantly bringing up is like, let's get really clear on your why and making sure it's your why, not somebody else's, right? And that it lives close to your heart so that you actually do have fuel in the tank to get through the challenges that will inevitably come up um, when you are going after a goal um, and a goal of this size. So I love that you that you lifted that up. Um, I want to ask, you know, this may be within your athletic career. This could be outside of your athletic career. But I've been really fascinated about with this idea of like or the question of, excuse me, have you ever experienced like a really major challenge or even maybe a rock bottom, you know, I'm really open about sharing what the challenges of my transition out of um, 13 years of uh, national team level training and just some of the, you know, like the depression, the anxiety, um, the shift in purpose that came during that time. And I think what I have found to be important to share were my like first micro steps out of that space. I think it's easy to look back at, you know, a kind of a rock bottom or a really challenging time. um, And then say, well, and this is where I'm at. And these are all the things that are in place. But, you know, I think it's easy to say like, this is where you can be. But I'm, I'm really focused and curious about like, what are those first micro steps out of it 
And I don't know if a particular time pops up for you or that you can even capture what those first steps out of a really challenging space for you was. Um, but I'm curious if, if anything comes up for you. So for me, that's an interesting question because the lows that I always think about when I think about the lows in my journey and the really hard times have been outside of training. Mm -hmm. And it's been when I don't have the structure of the team, the structure of a team environment and like the rigidity that I kind of like to operate within and have a lot of freedom within, you know, that. But when I don't have that, what do I do? Who am I? Like, and I can speak specifically to the transition after Rio as one of those points mm -hmm. and the pandemic, like when we all shut down for um, not knowing whether or not the Olympics were going to happen, right. COVID, like all of that anxiety and uncertainty, like those two points were sources, like a major low for me, major mm -hmm. lows. And in both of those times, I kind of had the separation from sport and from my identity as an athlete. And it brought up a lot of questions of like, who am I now? Mm -hmm. You know, like, where am I? What am I doing? What's my purpose? And that speaks to the impact that sport has had in my life and that it's mm -hmm. given me a lot of that, but also the limitation of um, going so hard towards this one goal you know, and building your entire personality, your entire purpose and your drive around a sport and the structure that sports provides. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we talk about it enough, but it's hard when you don't have that to anchor to. Like maybe after high school, after college, you're suddenly not an athlete because you're not competing in your sport at the level that you used to. And you're always trying to get back to that meaning. And I think it gets even, I don't know if it gets tougher. I don't know if it um, gets more meaningful as you continue in sport and you transition later. Mm -hmm. But everyone transitions on a sport at a certain time in their life. And it's always really tough and yeah. it's hard to reconcile. And the first steps that I always battle with, even though I know that this is going to be hard, is like to redeveloping my relationship with health and wellness, and exercise, and eating. Because when I'm in training, all of that is pretty much structured for me. You know, all of that is kind of intuitive to a sense. Like, I'm eating what my body is demanding of me mm -hmm. for training, right? I'm exercising as much as my coach is demanding for me to be in the right shape when I need to be in the right shape. And someone else dictates that. I'm meditating as much as our sports psychologist is making us meditate. And that's kind of evolved as I've gone along and um, learned more about the benefits of meditation and um, mindfulness for myself. But before, when the team introduced it to me, I was like, okay, great. Now we're just going to walk around and look at our feet for <laughs> 30 minutes or sit on this pillow for a few we're minutes. We've all been there. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's your your journey with all of these things evolves to a certain extent with mindfulness. It's gradual with but with 
joining a team like the USA Women's National Water Polo Team or Olympic Water Polo Team, you kind of just go in and you're training at this level and someone else is setting the ups and downs. Someone else is setting the starts and stops. And in our stops, when I first started with this team, we'd get a week off and I would do nothing through that whole week, you know, and my body would feel terrible. And I'd be like, oh, this is how I recover. <laughs> when we get back, I'm going to feel so good because I rested so much. But <laughs> when we had more time off, it would be really, really hard to get back in. And I realized that those were points where my body was really vulnerable because I literally laid on my couch for two or three weeks yes. <laughs> doing nothing, like barely, I didn't want to go for a walk because I was like, this is my time to rest. You know, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, I am not going to waste any extra energy um, exercising because I'm getting back to really intense exercise in a week and a half, a week, five days. Like the countdown was real. Yep. And um, I was lucky that I grew up with a really healthy food culture in my house. Like, I I know how to cook for myself. I know what my body needs. I know a lot of different things about um, nutrition that I know a lot of people weren't blessed to have, didn't really had to develop on their own later in life, are still working with. But in quarantine, I was like, okay, I'm working out once a day. The workout doesn't have to be like an all-out sprint. I don't have to run nine miles, which I did on the first day of quarantine. And then like, I couldn't walk for two days because my ankles, I never ran, run, (laughs) but I don't know anything about running, but my endurance was that I could do that, but my body was going to suffer later. I was like, okay, I don't need to train like an Olympic athlete right now. Where am I? What do I need to do? And how do I maintain a balanced wellness without being in the peak of my fitness mm-hmm. right now. So I had to work through that and it was a an ongoing process, but it really gave me the space to understand that my relationship to sport and to activity could be fun fun again. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I don't have fun in practice. I don't have fun every single day when I go, but it's never, it's always structured, you know, and I really was able to give myself the time to like try new things, like go rollerblading. We go rollerblading. Yeah. <laughs> That's Kimmy and my big thing. If whoever's listening <laughs> wants to join us, you're welcome. But like go rollerblading, like try some new drills on land and things that didn't have to directly translate to my sport and just have fun with it, which was cool. Yeah. I just talked for a long time. No, I I think it's, it's all well said. And I think I want to lift up a few things and it's interesting because, you know, I, I could really hear the challenge of like, how do I spend this time? You know, the countdown's real. Like I want to rest and recover during this time, but, but what's my balance and what is it that I need? So I'm hearing a lot of connecting with self, you know, which, which felt new at times to you because, you know, and for me at different times connecting to myself, because we've been so, uh, we've shown up so much for a team and we've shown up so much in a process that a lot of times we're connected to that team in the process a little bit different in the way that we would connect with ourselves. Right. And so I'm hearing a lot of connection with self and tapping into your intuition of 
what do I need right now? What do I need movement wise? What do I need um, fuel wise? How do I want to feed myself through this time? Um, and it's interesting because you're you're tapping back into a discipline that you're really well trained in. Um, and I've experienced that as well. And I found in some of these lower points that I was almost exhausting myself with excuses, right? And at, at a certain point, I was like, okay, I'm done feeling this way. I'm done giving myself the excuse. I'm done, you know, for example, you're saying I'm done just sitting on the couch. Like I can go for a light walk. I can go rollerblading. I I can move because my body is craving it. Um and not be fearful that it's going to take me out of balance of my rest and recovery. And so this idea of learning who you are outside of your sport is um, we don't have a lot of space or time to do it. And it can be quite jarring when we actually do get that when there's something like a pandemic that hits or, you know, we have a month and a half off between training and even in the transition when you choose to put sport down, you know, who are you and your own connection to self and, and movement and fuel and how you work and how you are connected and, and, and have purpose and meaning in the world. Um, so I, I appreciate, you know, how small you started um, and where, where you started with yourself and you really started on things that were within your control um, and you didn't try to take it all on at once. Um, so really, really helpful, just advice and, and, and guidance in that type of space. Um, I'm curious. Yeah, and I'll just say that it wasn't, it wasn't a linear type of thing, you know, like I tried a lot of different things, a lot of different points, went back to rest, did some, it, it's just like not a straight shot journey, but I will point to that you do eventually find what's right for you and it's a process of learning and I've watched you go through it too. Mm -hmm. So I've learned a lot from you transitioning in sport, developing a new relationship with your body and with food and with all of these things and mindfulness, especially, and just learning about the way that you talk to yourself and has learned a lot from that and from other teammates as well. And I'll just say that other people are good reference points um, for inspiration, but also everyone moves at their own pace and has their own definition of progress. So be kind, be good, and mm. you'll get to where you, you're going. Really, really well said, Ashley. Um, that kind of leads me into my next question for you because you've evolved and you've grown to where you are today. And we were fortunate enough to learn from you and, and gain insight from you. Um, and I'm curious, what are parts of yourself you're looking forward to developing and, and why in or, in or out of, of sports? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And it's a really another hard question to ask. Because I'm very much short-sighted, <laughs> but I also am working on being more big picture thinking and planning for a future that I want to have, as opposed to encountering the future as it comes. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest parts of me that I want to develop in the water as an athlete, as I look towards the next training cycle is 
continuing to learn that balance and understanding like how I can enrich my experience, how I can help myself better, and then how I can enrich my teammates and make that experience more like full. Like I want to continue to learn from you. I will be asking you tons of questions, but I think that being a leader on this team is very important. And I want to empower all of us to be leaders in however we can. And I recognize that as a veteran on the team, you have the most power to empower people. Mm -hmm. You have the most standing to allow people to believe in themselves. And that's a very real responsibility. It's not something that you should take lightly. It's not something that, um, it's not, it's something that's necessary to this environment. It's necessary to the success of the team. And I'm looking forward to being able to empower my teammates, being able to empower the people coming into the environment and passing on the legacy that women like you, women like Brenda Villa, women like uh, Monkey, Mm -hmm. and women that people have built, they've just um, put their time, their blood, their sweat into this game. And I was talking to Melissa Seidemann, I was just like, it's really incredible the impact that she has on every person who's come into her life and the respect that is just palpable between teammates. That's palpable in our environment. And so it's, it's a reflection of the work that we put in the reflection of all of the time that we put in. Um, and it's not always, it's easy to focus on the people who are on the team right now, mm-hmm. but everything that we are came before us and we're working hard to add to that, but everything that we are has been ingrained in this team before, you know, and that's a really cool perspective to always have in the back of my mind. And usually actually at the front of my mind in practices at the pool, because literally our teammates have painted the walls. They've built the pool and the, the our training facility from the ground up. Like it's a very humble place mm-hmm. and it's even more meaningful because like all of our hands have put it together and that's really cool to think about. But yeah, we all have, I feel like I have a huge responsibility to empower the people who are following and the women who will continue to enrich this program and make it what it's supposed to become. So I'm really excited for that. And just personal growth. I just want to keep developing as a person, as someone who's continuing to understand their role in our sport outside of the team, um, outside of just who I am uh, as a teammate, as a player, someone who's continuing to try to make an impact, continuing to try to evolve the world's view of our sport, the world's view of myself and building my own brand, building um, how I'm going to transition from sport into whatever's next. It's all part of it and it's all growth and it's all things that I'm dedicating a lot of effort to and um, figuring out how my time will be balanced and how I can make it all come true for myself. Mm. 
So, so awesome, Ashley. And I think, you know, what's really cool is a quote that I really love. It's called, or just saying like, we, we lift as we climb, right? So you guys are still, uh, as the Women's U.S. Water Polo Team right now, you guys are still climbing and you and your role specifically as a veteran returning uh, for the next Olympic cycle, you're at the point right now where you're climbing and you can lift others and bring them up along the way. And, you know, you pointed out that this has been decades of doing this. Um, and at one point you needed to be pulled while others climbed. And um, it's it's pretty cool to hear where you're at and where your growth is and, and what you're looking forward to and the way that you're looking to empower yourself and everyone around you and how you are a lifelong learner um, and you're continuing to think about ways that you can develop yourself, um, not only for the role in which you play right now, but inevitably communities around you and the world. And I think you really have the impact to have that type of reach um, and not and not in a way that that's pressure filled, but in a way that simply if you can if you can show up as you are in your authentic self and in your strengths, um, you naturally are going to have that reach. I'm really, really looking forward to cheering you on uh, through this next Olympic cycle. We will all be cheering you on um, as you continue to evolve. And I so greatly appreciate your time today and you sharing a bit about your journey um, inside the pool and outside the pool. I think it's going to be incredible for many uh, communities of people to hear, not only athletes, young athletes, but also anyone who's a part of a, a team and looking to reach great heights and, um, you know, all the challenges that come along with that and things to look out for. So I appreciate your words here today and for joining me and, uh, looking forward. I mean, maybe we can get you back on later on uh, when you're in the thick of it. Um, but I appreciate it. And thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Cami. And I appreciate your time and your effort. This is so cool to be on a podcast with my teammate. This is my first time doing it. And yeah. it's just so easy and fun. Like we're just catching up and <laughs> We just, we have these deep conversations and I'm like, I should record this. So let's do it on this podcast. I'll be back. <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ashley. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Cami. Bye. Thank you to those who joined us today. I hope you enjoyed our time with two-time Olympic gold medalist, Ashley Johnson. We discussed how she built safety and home throughout her Olympic journey, her dedication to being a challenger and representative in women's sports, and what she felt has been key elements to her and her team's success. Ashley shares, I'm a representative. I tried to lead, to change narratives, not just for people of color, but for women. I am a woman and within sports, that means a lot. That means so many things that aren't obvious. On the topic of building team success, Ashley shares, you teach people how to create home and you create home within teams. I think that kind of safety is the bedrock and foundation for people to grow. 
and for environments that are safe and environments that are growing. This is where people thrive. Incredible insight shared by Ashley today. Grateful to have her on. I look forward to our next discussion here on Mindful Warrior Radio. To learn more about Mindful Warrior and Mindful Warrior Radio, please follow us on Instagram at The Real Mindful Warrior and check out our website at www.mindfulwarrior.com. Look forward to seeing you next time.